Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So entranced to see you return once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on this All Hallows' Eve, where we have not given you one, not two, but three offerings on this day of Halloween, and this one may be the most frightful yet, as I pull out a necklace, uh, a beaded necklace, if you hear the beads clacking and clicking in my hands. This is no ordinary necklace. Affixed to the end of the chain and beads is a crucifix. This is a rosary, as used by those of the Catholic faith. And this particular rosary is one that may have been used in the rite known as exorcism. And it is there we find the pulse of our latest episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new film, Pray for the Devil. So Pray for the Devil is a movie that I got excited about just because it's an exorcism movie. And I am a sucker for supernatural devil demons possession type movies. I think those can be, if done right, some of the scariest movies out there. I mean, you take movies like The Exorcist. You take movies like Amityville Horror. And some of the scariest movies that hold up to this day as being frightening. Now, we've seen uh, a million and one exorcism movies. So, and, and to varying degrees, some of them good, some of them not so good. But I, I'm always interested. If, if a trailer looks interesting, looks like they're doing something different, then the, I'm on board with an exorcism movie. And... It wasn't until after this one caught my attention and I thought, ooh, this, this seems like it might be good. Uh, it wasn't until after that that I realized that this was a film being directed by uh, Daniel Stame. And, of course, you know him from The Last Exorcism. Uh, really, I think probably where he made his name. One of the scary exorcism movies out there. Uh, another film he did that I... Am such a huge fan of that uh, really did. I don't think it got the press that the last exorcism got, but 13 sins I thought was a really good movie. I really enjoyed that, but he's also done some other things. TV. He's done uh, an episode of fear of the walking dead. He did a, an episode of them uh, last year in 2021, but this movie pray for the devil is a, a movie that I was really looking forward to. But then when I found out uh, Daniel Stam was, was directing this, I thought, okay, now you're cooking with uh, now you're cooking with butter or oil or gas or whatever you're supposed to be cooking with. So I'm not going to be too terribly spoilery. Uh, we will do a spoiler section at the end of it uh, where I can talk about some of the big reveals. But I'm going to try not to be too spoilery throughout the bulk of this. Although uh, I can't I can't guarantee that there aren't going to be some spoilers. So uh, you know be careful going on through this. Uh, you may get some some minor spoilers throughout this, but I'll save all the big stuff for for a separate section and I will let you know 
when we get to that. But you start off with this main character, and we're going to kind of break this down character by character. Uh, you don't have a ton. There's not a huge cast, at least not a huge main cast. There's only about like uh, three, four primary characters, maybe five primary characters. But the the main character of this is Sister Anne, played by Jacqueline Byers. And she is a nun working at this uh, exorcism school in Boston, Massachusetts. And of course, women cannot perform exorcisms, but she is there in a nursing capacity, caring for the people that they're looking over, trying to find out if they are truly possessed or they just have health, mental health issues. But we find out through her works with a psychologist, uh, Dr. Peters, played by Virginia Madsen. Of course, you know her from uh, Candyman fame, but uh, we find out that she has a past and a history with possession because she believes her mother was possessed before she died. And and through intervals throughout the movie, we get uh, scenes with her and Dr. Peters, Sister Anne and Dr. Peters, talking about Sister Anne's relationship with her mother and the things she went through, the trauma she went through, and how she felt her mother was possessed. And, and through this whole movie, Sister Anne is really kind of plagued by the trauma of her mother's abuse and and possession and of course she 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 does what victims of abuse often do is that well the the real person uh, my real mom she wouldn't have hurt me it was this other thing inside her that that's what hurt me and in this case it is a legitimately a demon that that is hurting her but but that really kind of resounded to me because that really sounded like what you hear from a lot of victims of abuse is that the person abusing them they they couldn't they couldn't hurt me it's it's whatever darkness they had inside of them that's what hurt me and i don't know what they're trying to say about that in in this case it really was a demon it really was a darkness and not her mom that that was trying to uh, hurt her but we established that this demon that was in her mother actually wanted her but i like jacqueline byer's portrayal of sister and she is very very kind and caring. She's very compassionate. She has that bedside manner that you would expect of a nurse, let alone a nun who is a nurse, a, a woman of God who is there to, to care for people. She is a very caring person, uh, whether that's because you know of, of the trauma that she went through as a child. She's especially uh, attentive to a, a young girl that we meet in this. But there's also another side to her, another side that wants to learn how to do exorcism. And and she ends up sneaking into Father Quinn's classes on exorcism. And and I liked how, you know, because it felt in the trailer that, oh, this is going to be down with the patriarchy uh, sort of situation. Girls can do it better than guys can sort of thing. And it really wasn't that, uh, although they did kind of speak to that. It spoke to the fact that the Catholic Church uh, doesn't allow women to perform exorcisms. It spoke to that. It, it did it in a, in a, not a subtle way but a very reserved and nuanced way it didn't feel preachy it felt like you know uh, she makes the case that women couldn't perform surgery once upon a time and now there's female surgeons all over the world just because women aren't allowed to perform exorcisms all that means is they're not allowed to yet and she spends her time and, and efforts through uh, a good part of this movie trying to break that glass ceiling but things start to turn for sister Anne when she starts hearing voices and you don't know where 
where these voices are coming from. They sound benign, but but it's very much established in this that the devil is the was the angel of light and the bearer of light. So the devil can can make you think that things are okay when when he's really a deceiver and deceiving you. And as soon as she has an encounter with a possessed patient, and man, did that scene get intense very quick. And you you think they're going to play it like, oh, she's just imagining it, or they're going to think she's imagining it. No, they take her serious. And that's, that's one of the things I, I liked about this. They didn't do the whole almost feeling like the lead female is being gaslit into thinking she's crazy and we know what's actually happening but all the guys think you know she's just crazy and then and, and seeing things i'm glad they didn't go that old tired route everyone believes what happens they see the video footage of this this possessed man attacking her and they, they believe her which i think is cool that they did it in that way and and that really kind of catapults us into the meat of this possession movie another character i really liked is colin salmon as father quinn he's he's one of those actors that you've seen him in tons of things and in is such a fantastic actor he really added some gravitas to this cast he's a professor and recognizes Anne's gifts as a potential exorcist and while he can't officially endorse her in going on to perform exorcisms he does uh, his best to kind of guide her along and help her understand uh, things and help give her the tools to protect herself and protect others from from the demons he knows that she uh, has the ability to to deal with then christian navarro plays father dante he's kind of like uh, sister anne's partner in crime and all of this uh, kind of helping her out she helps him out and we don't really get to know a lot of these other characters like you know father quinn Father Dante, Cardinal Matthews, uh, Dr. Peters even, uh, aren't characters we really get to understand. But I don't think you really have to. I mean, these other characters are all there. Just support characters for the Sister Anne story and for the Natalie story. And and those two are really the main characters, Sister Anne and Natalie. And Natalie is a young girl played by Posey Taylor. She is at this facility, at this, this exorcism college, if you will, school for exorcism, uh, where they, they treat people who they're trying to find out whether they are, have a demon possession issue or not. And Natalie is a young girl who her mother believes she's possessed by the devil and we find out very quickly that she is indeed possessed of course you see in the trailer that she is indeed possessed there's the one scene uh, i never thought uh, that my wife was going to watch this movie with me i never once suspected that was going to happen uh, she's not a huge horror fan although i am trying to so i mean she's seen horror i mean it, it's shocking how many horror movies she's seen uh, before we got together but she's not a fan of horror but i'm trying to ease her into the waters uh, a little bit at a time but uh, i was sitting there watching something and the commercial for pray for the devil came on and that scene where she kind of does the i mean it's it's kind of commonplace in all exorcism movies now uh, 
I believe it was done in the last exorcism where the, the character kind of crawls backwards up a wall into the corner. It did that in hereditary, just, you know, every sort of creepy movie like that does that shot anymore. But, but they show that shot in the trailer where she's climbing up the wall backwards. And my wife's like, Nope, 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 not watching that. <laughs> and, but the Natalie character is possessed and we spend the better part of this dealing with the possession, trying to understand the possession, trying to understand Sister Anne's relationship with Natalie and the connection that those two have, the connection that Sister Anne has with the the demon that is possessing Natalie. We spend a lot of time with Father Quinn recognizing that Anne has a connection with Natalie and this demon that inhabits her and him trying to to help sister Anne help Natalie. Now I think this is kind of as far as I can go without getting too spoilery. I mean, uh, a lot of this is the search, not even so much a mystery, but sister Anne trying to to figure out how she can help Natalie, how she can get this this demon out of her, how she can do things her way. Uh, this movie very much speaks to the Catholic Church is very strict in this is how we do this. This is the rite of exorcism. This is how it's done. It's done by men and it's done this way and you have to stick with it or else it won't work. And Sister Anne is looking to do things in a new way. Not not even so much as a woman. Uh, I mean, a woman performing an exorcism would be uh, a new way, but she's looking to do things in a new way that cares more for the individual and why they were possessed in the first place. And she's looking to, you know, it's not a down with the patriarchy sort of situation. It's not down with the establishment. It's not down with the Catholic Church. It's just people opening up to new ideas because, you know, old ideas were new at one time and were probably rejected as being the wrong way to do things. But we found out there are better ways to do things. And and I think this is really kind of speaking to that, whether it's the Catholic Church, whether it's the establishment, whether it's the patriarchy, whoever you want to talk about, wherever you want your metaphors to go. Uh, I think this is about, you know, Sometimes we have to adapt and sometimes we have to do things and at least try doing things differently to get results uh, because if we keep doing things the same old way and they don't always work, it means they're not always working and that you have to try something different from time to time. So that that was kind of an interesting theme to this movie that, that it kind of dug. It, it it didn't tell you this is right, this is wrong. It didn't tell you that your way is bad, my way is good. It didn't tell you that. It just gave you these situations and gave you an alternative way and let you think about it and chew on that for a little bit and mull that over in your mind. And and I think it, it was a good conversation. Yeah, this has a lot of good conversation starters in it, which I really like. I don't like being told what to think in a movie, but I do like movies that make you think and give you food for thought. So that I really dug about this movie. I, I love the cast. I thought the cast was fantastic. Jacqueline Byers I thought was great as Sister Anne. She really kind of played the strength of of a woman who's trying to break that glass ceiling and tread where no woman has tread before doing it without being obnoxious about it uh and crapping on other people to make herself seem better i, I think was a great way to do it it was it was a, a way that 
uh, I think should be emulated. People should look up to this character in, in how she handles herself. They treated Faith with respect. You know, there wasn't a she's losing her faith sort of situation. It wasn't a, the Catholic Church is bad. And I'm not Catholic by any stretch of the imagination, but it seems like anymore, anytime the Catholic Church is involved, we only focus on the horrible things that are done in the name of Catholicism and not the the good things that uh, Catholicism does. Uh, any institution, there are good and bad aspects of it. Uh, I, I like how this treated the Catholic Church with a, a modicum of of respect and uh, faith with a modicum of respect. You know, the the Christians in this weren't treated like idiots because they believe in a in believe in a god or anything of that nature. Uh, so I liked that. I liked the treatment of faith in this, and I like the scares. It, it had some. I mean, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. I'll say that I thought it was going to be a lot scarier, but it had scary moments peppered throughout this movie and when the moments got scary they got scary they were creepy and anytime you deal with demon possession and you have like little girls uh where their voices get pitched down as they talk and sounding all demonic uh, that stuff's creepy uh, <laughs> creepy kids uh, you know possessed by demons that's some nightmare fuel right there for me i i, I always find that creepy uh maybe you don't but but to each his own. But but I thought some of the scares were really good. That scare with that first patient was really good. That first encounter with Natalie when she's possessed is really good. The kind of in the dark, not sure where the bad guy's coming from climax is really good i thought uh very atmospheric and creepy and like i said in the dark and the low light you never know where things are coming from uh it, it added a lot of tension there are some like good old-fashioned jump scares jump cut and a big loud noise and there's something there you know you're gonna have that in this sort of movie the theater i was in had the volume especially loud for this movie so those those big bang and big shock noises to startle you uh, really got to you. I thought the special effects were really good. The practical effects were really good. They did this weird thing with Natalie's face where like uh, she's like you can feel like or look like something's almost moving under the skin like her uh, bone structures changing out of the skin. It was really creepy and really effective. I really enjoyed that. I do like how they left the ending a little more ambiguous than I thought it was going to be and a little more open-ended but still ended with some shock value uh, like again I said again we're going to we'll talk about this in more detail uh, in the spoilery section but all in all I really liked Pray for the Devil I liked uh, Daniel Stam uh, and and what he did with this I thought it was directed very well the the mood was really good and really creepy at times when it had to be even even when things once scary things weren't going on you always just had this feel of dread uh hanging over the movie which which i kind of liked you know i like the fact that even even when you're not being scared just when they're researching other exorcisms and terminal exorcisms and and things like that it just still felt creepy so i encourage you if you haven't watched pray for the devil check it out i think you're gonna like it if you like a good uh, you know fighting the devil movie for halloween this is the one to go see so i encourage you to check it out uh, we're going to get into some spoiler territory because i'm going to talk about some of the big reveals in this movie now one of the the biggest reveals of this movie was the fact that natalie is 
Sister Anne's child that she gave up long ago. And I knew as soon as Sister Anne was talking with Dr. Peters, that as soon as she said she gave up a child uh, when she was 15 years old, I was like, oh, that's Natalie. Natalie is that child. And it was it was quite obvious that that's what they were going to do. But I really like the fact that they they have this mother, Sister Anne's mother, who was possessed. And that demon wanted Sister Anne. And so it couldn't get Sister Anne because she's one of God's warriors. So it went to the next best thing, Sister Anne's daughter, uh, to try and get to her. She was, he was, this demon was constantly trying to get to Sister Anne. So I thought that was kind of cool and kind of different. I kind of liked how this demon had a fixation with hair. This demon, when it possessed Sister Anne's mother, had this fixation with combing her hair and then torturing her with with pulling the hair and then when natalie is possessed and we get that first real big scene with her being possessed and the demon is starting to be battled by sister anne and father quinn and the other fathers father dante and the other guy the demon starts to be you know battled back against and and then the demon starts putting all of natalie's hair down her throat and it just i don't know why i like the idea of individual demons having a particular thing whether it be hair whether it be scratching whether it be biting you know i always had as a kid this nervous habit of chewing my lip and biting my lip and the insides of my my cheeks and things like that and and i i probably still to this day have that and i always i always thought it'd be cool to write a story i've always wanted to write i have started a few stories and i've never i've never really finished anything but i always thought it was cool to, to have this uh like a possession type story where the the demon caused the person being possessed to to bite their lip and and to to bite themselves and things like that you know the idea of demons having their own little perverse and macabre ticks to them uh, it just kind of fascinates me and the, the fact that they you know this demon had a thing with hair was was kind of an interesting twist on it and then one of the other cool things i really liked about this story that kind of made it feel a little different than a lot of the uh standard fair exorcism stories and demon possession stories out there is the the ending where sister anne finally does what the demon wants to, to get the demon out of Natalie, she lets the demon into herself. And we find out this voice that has been talking to her, uh, telling her to let go, telling her that she's always there with her, is the voice of her mother. When you first hear it earlier in the movie, you hear it's her mother's voice, but you think it is the the demon speaking with her mother's voice, and then maybe the demon's telling her to let go, to let the demon into her, and that the demon is always going to be there. But but you realize in this moment, in the climax, that no, it is it is Sister Anne's mother. It is. Uh, the spirit or the essence of of her real mother, not the demon possessed portion of her mother, uh, her real mother, telling her that that she's always there with her and then there to protect her. And then when Sister Anne lets the demon into her, and then battles the demon that way because they established throughout this movie that the the person's still in there natalie was still in there when the demon took her over and she would talk about when she was younger how her mother was still in there 
and that her mother was constantly fighting this demon and that she knew she had the strength to fight this demon from within her own self and and that battle where she's fighting to get the crucifix against her own forehead to weaken the demon so she can fall in that bat baptismal uh, full of holy water to exercise the demon it was just it was interesting and that's one of the things I, I heard an interview Daniel Stame uh, talking about how he wanted to do an exorcism movie, another exorcism movie. He had already done the last exorcism, but he wanted to do one that, you know, if they were going to do this, it had to be different from all the other, like I said, standard fare exorcism movies that are out there. And I don't know if you'll agree with me, uh, but I think he succeeded in that. I think this one was different enough from the angle of a female doing the exorcism and tinkering with that notion that, uh, you know, females should be allowed to break that glass ceiling and, and do the rite of exorcism. That was an interesting take. The, the way that the demon was vanquished and the demon was battled was different enough and interesting enough that, that made it different than a lot of the other exorcism movies out there. And then the movie ends with that great question mark, the end question mark. Of course, uh, all is right with the world. Natalie has been had the demon exercised from her. Sister Anne has exercised the demon from herself. Natalie is going home with her adoptive mother. Sister Anne is being allowed to go to the Vatican to start a special study on exorcism and essentially be allowed to to perform exorcisms herself and she's leaving and in this cab and then all of a sudden you get that creepy scene with a woman like in the crowd in, in Boston just staring at her and then the cab driver starts to whisper and then the cab driver's in the seat beside her and you get that that nice jump scare at the end it was interesting because you know she's got her crucifix ready to do battle you don't know whether she ends up vanquishing this possessed person I think it would have been it would have been interesting and even creepier if they would have just lingered on the woman staring at her and then all all of a sudden, dozens of people around this cab on the street of Boston uh, are all stopping staring at her. And then the the cab driver stares at her or, or something or says something. And I, I think that might have been a little more effective and, and would have amped up the creepiness. But it was still, I thought it was a good ending, uh, an interesting ending. An ending that said, hey, we could do a sequel, but we're okay if we don't. And I was telling my wife this, if they did a sequel, I'd watch it. Uh, hopefully it would be up to the same standard. Hopefully it would be Daniel Stam directing it. But if they didn't do a sequel, I, I would be fine with that too. I like movies that are left open-ended. I like movies that, hey, this is just a standalone movie. Not every movie has to be the setup for a franchise or a trilogy or have to have a prequel or, or all that jazz. Not every movie has to have multiple movies uh, it's nice. Like I told, I told my wife, uh, she loves Gone with the Wind. If Gone with the Wind were made today, you would get five sequels and a prequel to Gone with the Wind. Thank God that's not the case. But I, I dug this movie enough that if they did a sequel, I'd be interested to see where where the story would go because I think you could get into bigger things with with Sister Anne going to the Vatican and, and being a part of a being a part of this and being a part of being able to do exorcisms. I, I think it's an interesting perspective to do. This this from a woman's point of view uh, I think that's interesting but if they don't do it I I like where we left this off because it again 
leaves you wondering what happened next and it allows the mind to wander into territory that may be better left to the imagination. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's one of the things I love about horror, fantasy, and science fiction is the fact that it is such a great springboard for the mind to dive into flights of fancy and what dreams or nightmares may come. So unlike uh, a lot of people reviewing this movie, I know it's not doing really good on like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. And some of the other reviewers, uh, not terribly high on it. It's coming out Halloween weekend. It's not horror enough. Uh, this show surprisingly was a PG-13 movie. I thought it could have been and maybe even should have been an R uh, maybe not even a hard R, maybe like a soft R, but I, I thought this would have been better served, even though there was were some really gruesome scenes. I mean, like that first scene with Natalie uh, when she's possessed had some really disturbing imagery in it, uh, and there's not like a ton of foul language or anything like that, which you don't really need to have in a horror movie, and for crying out loud, they're in a Catholic institution uh, to have a bunch of people running around dropping the F-bomb with just seem a, a little bit inauthentic. It's not to say people of faith don't drop F-bombs from time to time. Uh, I'm as guilty as sin on that one. But yeah, just to, to have a bunch of priests and nuns running around dropping F-bombs, that, that wouldn't seem realistic. But maybe if it was an arm, people would have found it a little more palatable. I don't know, but I'm fine with it being a, a PG-13. It still had some scary moments. Uh, like I said, the cast is fantastic. The writing was a little... Uh, like I said, I liked this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a good movie. But... Is it my favorite movie? Is it the best movie ever? Is it the best exorcism movie ever? I, I probably wouldn't go that far. I, I thought the, the script and the story was good. I just thought there are some typical exorcism movie tropes that they go into on this. For all of the things that they tried to do different with the with the female exorcist part of it, they did rely on some, some old tried and true exorcism movie tropes. And like I said, they relied a lot on jump scares and yeah, that's, I, I just, uh, well, they, I don't think they overdid it. I do get tired of the jump scare that here's the big loud sound effect to startle me and let me know that I'm supposed to be scared right now. Uh, that just gets, that gets quite old. And there were a lot of the big reveals that you, you kind of saw coming uh, a mile away. After Sister Anne reveals that she gave up a, a child when she was pregnant at 15, you knew that was Natalie. At some point, I can't remember when, I realized she's going to bring the devil into her. So it's out of Natalie. I wasn't sure exactly how she was going to battle it, but I figured something had to do with that baptismal with all the with all the holy water in it. I mean, it just, uh, things are set up quite conveniently in some parts that made some of the big reveals quite telling. I mean, you, you saw them coming from quite a long distance. So was this a perfect movie? No. Was it a pretty good exorcism movie? Uh, yeah, I think so. Was it as good as Daniel Stame's Last Exorcism? No, I think Last Exorcism was a better exorcism movie. I think 13 Sins was a better idea for a movie, outside of the box thinking, so to speak, for a movie. Uh, so I, th I like those two movies better than this one, but it doesn't mean I didn't like Pray for the Devil. 
I enjoyed it well enough. It was a good demon possession movie to go watch in Halloween. It's not reinventing the wheel, but it did it in a different enough fashion. It didn't feel like all the other exorcism movies I watched. While you had a lot of the same tropes, they did uh, certain aspects of it in a different way. Just just given that it was done from a female perspective, I thought it was was interesting and different enough from, from all the other exorcism movies out there. So this movie is certainly not going to replace The Exorcist as the best all-time scariest exorcism movie out there but i you know i think it's worth a watch i enjoyed watching it had an interesting story that was well acted had you know interesting characters and enough psychological elements that made the fact that it wasn't always scary and made it interesting so if you saw pray for the devil hopefully you liked it Uh, like i said i enjoyed it well enough that I'm not disappointed I went to see it. And hopefully you feel, at the very least, that. If you love the movie, great. If you hated the movie, well, sorry. Uh, you know, maybe next time. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I encourage you. Go check it out. If you like, uh, you know, possession movies, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Not reinventing the wheel, but doing some different things. So those are my thoughts and views on the new movie that's out right now. Pray for the devil on this Halloween. Hopefully everyone has a a fun Halloween. Enjoy some scary movies and all that. And you can keep on top of everything that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page. Always posting trailers and articles from all over the internet to add my two cents as well and no matter where you listen to this podcast please leave a review five stars would be awesome also be sure to follow subscribe like download the episode share the episodes with anyone that you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction so until next time thank you for visiting odds bodkin's curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!